Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay-Stania. That's right, another book by Michael. Keep listening to find out why you need to embrace awkward silences. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. And if you recognize the author's name for this book, then that might be because you listened to the episode just a couple of episodes ago about the book, The Advice Trap by Michael Bungay-Stania. The reason I've done these in quicker succession than I was actually originally planning is because in my other work as a team coach and a facilitator, I'm finding that there is such a need at the moment for better coaching conversations in organizations and between leaders and their teams, or even just between leaders. I've been helping a few teams myself and a few leaders myself to improve their coaching skills and actually build that as a habit themselves in terms of building coaching as a way of leading for them. And so with that in mind, I wanted to talk coaching a little bit because I thought this would actually just be useful as a bit of a skill build and as something to start a conversation with your leaders and your teams or yourself about asking more questions and taking a coaching approach or a coaching mindset to your conversations at the moment. Everyone's experience of this period of time is just so wildly different and it's really easy to slip into advice find out more about why you should avoid advice by listening to the episode about the advice trap there's a link to that in the show notes so you can go back but that advice may not be whilst well-intentioned might not be the best advice for the other person so what we then need to do is embrace the coaching habit or the coaching mindset now before we get into that a bit of a quick reminder you can still get 15% off your copy or your very own copy of the book of books by Archley so if you're finding you are getting through a few more books at the moment and would love to to journal and to capture some of the things you're learning from those it's a beautiful gift as well it's, it's a really lovely book you can grab your own copy of the Archley's book of book book journal using my little discount code there's a link to that in the show notes and you can click straight through to the store and grab your copy there Anyway, let's talk coaching. A little bit about Michael Bungay-Stania, if you haven't heard of him before now. My name is Michael. I can hop. Do you want to see me hop? That's how Michael introduced himself to bemused strangers at the supermarket when he was three. Michael Bungay-Stania is at the forefront of shaping how organisations around the world make being coach-like an essential leadership behaviour and competency. His book, The Coaching Habit, that's this one, is the best-selling coaching book of this century and in 2019 he was named the number one thought leader in coaching and was shortlisted for the coaching prize by Thinkers50, which is the Oscars of management. Michael is the founder of Box of Crayons. It's a learning and development company that helps organisations transform from advice-driven to curiosity-led. Michael is a compelling keynote speaker who combines practicality, humour and an unprecedented degree of engagement with the audience. He has performed around the world in front of crowds ranging from 10 to 10,000. You can find a little bit more about Michael from mbs.works. The link to that is in the show notes. So about this award-winning book. The Coaching Habit gives you seven questions and the tools to make them an everyday way to work less hard and have more impact. It's been endorsed by people such as Dan Pink, Brene Brown and David Allen, all big names in the world of motivation, authenticity and productivity. It's been well received by leaders and managers in organisations all over the world, ranging from ADP to Zurich Insurance. That kind of only works actually when you see it written down, but it's kind of saying like from A to Z, anyway, it doesn't matter. 
It's a winner of the 10th Annual National Indie Excellence Awards in the General Business category and a finalist in the Business Management and Leadership category of the 2016 International Book Awards, as well as the 2016 Top Sales and Marketing Book. And the audiobook version that was nominated for Best Audiobook Narration in the Voice Arts Awards competition, the international competition supported by the Society of Voice Arts and the Sciences. Okay, award-winning, like I said. It's a great book, it's really practical. I'm looking forward to sharing the three big ideas with you in a moment. Now, a couple of links I've included in the show notes. One is to Michael's website, boxofcrayons.com. Now, if you've got the ebook version of this, book you'll see that there's loads of links all the way through this is like click here to see a video example of this which I love that's a really awesome way of bringing some of the content and this kind of conversation to life where sometimes it's just easier to see someone having this type of conversation and engaging in in these this type of question asking of another person all right let's get into the three big ideas from the book The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stania big idea number one now hold on to your hats you're gonna be shocked by this one it is ask more questions. This is fundamentally what this book is about because this is coaching, asking the questions, even and sometimes I'd say especially the curly questions or the difficult questions or the somewhat awkward feeling questions. The other linked idea to this would then would be and then be more quiet because often we'll ask the question and then we get uncomfortable by the silence but we need to embrace it. See what I did there? I left some silence. Okay, there you go. The other trap that people fall into, and, and this is why the ask more questions needs to be taken with some caution, is don't do drive-by questioning. So do ask more questions, just don't ask them all at once. Drive-by questioning where you fire multiple questions at a person, it's just confusing and you lose the depth of conversation, you lose the momentum, and the other person is just quite confused as to which bit they should tackle or answer first. The other trap we see in terms of asking more questions, maybe you should be asking more better questions or asking more good questions, but asking leading questions very bad because you tell yourself, oh, I'm asking a question, I'm being a good coach or a good leader. But actually the question is very leading. It is, oh, have you tried? Yes, it's technically a question, but really you're probably giving a bit of advice there or trying to give some advice, but telling yourself or making yourself feel better that it's actually a question. This is not a question, this is not a good question. So stick to thinking about and what else or asking and what else. If you find that you don't know what question to ask next or the other person seems to be stuck rather than jumping into have you tried, ask and what else and then be quiet. This is something and particularly the being quiet part as you can maybe imagine I I really struggle with and as many other people do and I will tie myself in internal knots trying to not talk and leave a gap for the other person. In some ways I think it's actually harder when we're trying to do this remotely. In some ways it's easier and other ways it's harder. I think sometimes there's this unnatural or this natural tendency because the remote environment can be slightly unnatural to think that if there is a long period of silence that maybe the other person is on mute or the other person has lost connection or they're not there anymore. So you end up losing that that golden silence or that ability to let the other person do the thinking by interrupting and say, are you still there? Is everything okay? Are you, are you still good? Can you still hear me? Which kind of ruins the moment a little bit. So try and find some ways around that. Obviously using video is, is useful for that because you can kind of see a little bit more if the person is still there. And finally, in terms of asking the questions, so to finish up 
big idea number one, just ask it. Don't skirt around the question and fill it with fluff and examples and, oh, well, I had this in one situation and I did that. What do you think or what's the, the question for them? Just ask the question. And I see people do this a lot, and particularly when I'm running coaching training and then getting people to do some, some real plays with examples with each other. People just don't ask the question. They will fill the space because they don't want to let the silence happen and then they just keep on asking the question and adding more questions or, or embellishing the question even more or asking the question in a different way and then eventually they'll be quiet and the other person has forgotten what the question was in the first place because there's been so much fluff around it. So just ask the question. One of the things I love about coaching both teams and individuals is that it gives you the 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 opportunity and probably even the permission I'd say to ask more difficult questions and to just ask them in maybe a more blunt or direct way than you normally would because that's your role and actually part of the role of the coach is to ask some of those questions so it gives you this great permission slip to be a bit more direct than you maybe normally would but for the right outcome. There we go big idea number one ask more questions and ask them better. Big idea number two, identify the three P's. This is the concept that under great questions, you'll discover three things. The project or the content of the challenge, so what's going on, the, the, the nitty gritty. The people, except it's not really about the people. It's about the relationships between the people. And the third P, the patterns, the trends, the themes, both positive and negative. Now, it's really easy as a coach, and particularly if you are a subject matter expert in the area or the domain or the role that the other person is doing, particularly if they maybe are your direct report or you work with them or in the same organization, to get stuck into the project or the content of the challenge. Like, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do next? And how does that work? And what does the spreadsheet say that you're having the problem with with the other person? You get into completely the wrong train of thought and conversation. And before you know it, you're, you're deep into the details so important to pull yourself out of that because that is not the focus. In terms of the people, something I find often when I'm coaching individuals, particularly individuals, is they talk a lot about the other people, what they did, what they said, what their problem is. And what you've got to remember, because again, it's very easy to get sucked into, oh, well, when, then what did they say? And then this, and what about, what if they're thinking that, etc. But actually, this isn't about the people at all. It's about the relationships between maybe the coachee, and the other person or other people more generally or, or whatever it is because it's not about the other person often you'll find that the other person you're coaching is fixated on the other person in their story what they did what they said what they think what they mean etc when you can't control that other person so I often find myself in coaching conversations, encouraging the, the coachee to come back to the fact that we can't control other people, their reactions, their thoughts, their whatever they do. But you can control how you react to the situation, what you do next. So let's focus on that, not what the other person is, is or isn't doing. Finally, the other, the other P was the patterns, so the trends and themes. This is one of my favorite parts about coaching is when you get those aha moments or help the other person find their own aha moments when they realize, oh yeah, I do this all the time. <laughs> and that can be a positive thing or a negative thing. Because also one of the benefits of coaching is helping people see their positive patterns that maybe they don't appreciate enough about themselves. 
So actually, where have you overcome a challenge like this before? Where have you dealt with a really difficult stakeholder? Whatever it happens to be, and helping them realize that actually they do have a history of being able to overcome hard things. Now, you can be quite explicit when you're exploring these areas and not just do it implicitly in, in your own mind, moving between project and people and patterns. You can say to the other person, okay, let's let's explore a little bit about the relationships here. Not the people and their intricacies, but the relationships between you and the other people. Or let's think about the patterns that are coming up here. Where has this happened before, etc. So you can be quite explicit and take the other person through that in the conversation. Now, a great starter question that Michael puts forward in the book, and it's just a great one to, to start with generally, is what's on your mind? This opens up a whole plethora of different ways that you can take the conversation. And then obviously a good addition to that is, and what else? Which, because sometimes it might not be the first thing that someone blurts out that's the real issue or the real challenge that they're facing. So that was big idea number two, identifying the three P's, the project, the people, and the patterns in the conversation. Big idea number three is beware the drama triangle. Probably one of my favorite piece of terminology then, the drama triangle. And this is taken from a more therapeutic setting, but it has so much relevance in a business or more of a work setting too. Because we'll often find ourselves, or we'll often stop ourselves from engaging in coaching conversations from either role, either as a coach or a coachee, and instead play one of those three roles. The drama triangle is, has three roles. There is the persecutor, the victim, and the rescuer. And they're all equally as awful and unhelpful as each other, just in different ways. Now, you'll know when you're there and you'll know which one you maybe default to or what's your, your go-to preferred role in the drama triangle, being the persecutor, the victim, or the rescuer. So the important thing is to know when you're there or notice when the other person is there. And again, in a coaching conversation or in a coaching context, it's important to be able to identify when is the other person being the victim? When are they being the rescuer? When are they being the persecutor? Because you can help challenge them on that through the coaching. Now, if you're seeing other people fall into one of those roles, you can ask the question, how can I help? Because if the victim is whining about something, or if the rescuer is being a martyr about something, or if the persecutor is throwing their toys out of the pram, just asking the question, and how can I help? often stops that conversation or stops that, that train of thought when they are given that little reality check of, what do you want from me? <laughs> it's kind of what you're, you're saying, but you're shrouding it in, in some more positive language around how can I help? You're not actually saying you're going to help and not in a you're gonna to pretend to help but not way, but you don't actually have to say yes to their request for help. And a lot of the time you might find out that they'll just say, oh, actually, no, I'm just whining or I'm just, you know, just being difficult about this. I don't actually need any help. I just need to either pull myself together or, or get on with things. So this then brings more of a coaching conversation out. So if you're, and this can be these, and these coaching conversations don't have to be, you're sitting down having 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half together. It's a lot of the time it's in those micro interactions we have with other people where you can just ask a better question rather than reacting to their position or rather than giving them some advice or rather than telling them what to do. So this might be you're walking down the corridor, well, maybe not so much at the moment, but you're walking down the corridor, imagine, and you pass one of your colleagues or one of your team members, they have a whine to you, and then you say, and how can I help? It's just a great way of stopping the drama triangle and stopping, stopping that cycle keeping on going. So good. 
So let's big idea number three, beware the drama triangle. Now in the book, and I haven't gone into it in this particular episode, but in the book, there are heaps of different questions and different styles of questions that you can be asking other people more often. I could have spent the whole episode telling you all those questions, but that is less about the big ideas and more about the, the how or the intricacies. So I recommend reading the book to get a bit of a view on that, but hopefully this has given you a little bit of insight into some of the higher order type principles of a coaching conversation. The big idea number one being ask more questions. If you find yourself going to advice, ask a question instead. And the good one to start with or just use as a default is, and what else? Number two is to identify the three Ps. Where's the project? Where's the content of the challenge? What are the people involved or the relationships more importantly? And what are the patterns? Where has this happened before, both good or bad? And then finally, number three, avoiding that drama triangle. A coaching mindset is one of the biggest contributors to leadership effectiveness. So I really do encourage you, if this isn't something you're doing at the moment, it's not something you've practiced, hugely recommend getting into some coaching training, whether that's just learning the grow model as a starting point and using that, or getting into something a little bit little bit bigger as you kind of move into more formal coach training type approaches. But using something like the Grow Model is a great place to start. We'll get you on the right track. And it's something that's pretty familiar in a lot of organizations. And if that is something you're interested in finding out more about or getting some coaching on coaching, then my contact details are in the show notes. Happy to share some ideas or provide some, <laughs> I'd say advice, but provide some coaching on that. The other option you can do to build your coaching skills is obviously to be coached because you can see the practice in practice. You can see how the coach helps to hold up the mirror, helps to broaden your thinking, helps to helps you to think in a different way, which really is, is the key concept, I'd say, of coaching is to expand your thinking to think in a different way. Again, happy to chat about some options there if that is something you are interested in. If you've read this book, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. It's one that you can keep coming back to. I actually read this ages ago and came back to it to obviously write these notes and a bit of a refresher for this episode. And it was such a great reminder of a couple of the questions that I'd forgotten and hadn't, hadn't been using as much as I maybe would like to, but also some of those underlying concepts and just thinking, yeah, and being able to now see when I have done those things, the difference it made in the conversation, the flow and the impact on the other person. So grab a copy of this one. You can find a link to my book depository affiliate site in the show notes too, if you do want to get yourself a little hard copy of this one to keep in your leadership bookcase to come back to at various points throughout your career. Highly recommend this is one of those types of books. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.